You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy, and we are fresh off of our Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference. It wrapped up just a few days ago. Woohoo! It was exciting. And it was so exciting. We had so many people coming, you know, a lot of local friends, but we had uh, people coming from all over the country too. And in one of our participant emails right beforehand, Katie had suggested that people come and share their dad jokes with me. And I will say that many people followed through on that. They did? <laughs> it was pandemonium. Oh dear, pandemonium. Uh, <laughs> I've missed the dad jokes. We haven't been recording for a while because we uh, were getting ready for a conference. You know, it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it was so amazing. I think to see all the people and talk to people who've been listening to the podcast or who have heard about the hashtag therapy movement. It was. I don't know about you, Kurt, but I was just overwhelmed by the support and the positive feelings and the inspiration. And yeah, I think we have to do it again next year. Well, lucky <laughs> lucky for you, I think we're going to do it. Yeah, we got to figure out the details. This is kind of a, an episode around like things that we wish we would have known in planning a conference. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good a good way to start because there's I think a lot went really well. I think we were so fortunate with the people who were supporting us and with the sponsors and the exhibitors and the speakers. Just everybody was amazing. But yeah, there's definitely things that we're going to do different next time. Where I hope that you as a listener are going to get something out of this is no matter what size of event that you plan, that some of this, the ideas that you're going to take into it are either things that you've liked from other events that you've been to or things that you haven't liked and you've tried to change and do differently. And not only in the message that Katie and I were bringing, but also in some of the format that we brought to this conference, that that was really what our goals were when we first set out with this idea, probably about a year ago. Now, one of the things that I wish that I could have gone back in time to Kurt and Katie from a year ago is like, start doing some of the stuff now because I think that we ended up <laughs> procrastinating a lot. And yes. so there, there was an idea for a conference a year ago, but there was probably only about four months of like really hectic work that really focused on this. So the very first piece of practical advice is plan ahead and then actually do things ahead of time. Yeah, I think that's the piece is, and this is something that I think we talked about in the episode with uh, Kelly Higdon is that we had this idea, but then we didn't necessarily create all the space we needed for it. I think both of us have busy practices, your therapy practice, my consulting practice. We have, you know, our responsibilities in our professional organization. And so finding the time to really dig in and plan ahead, we hadn't completely freed the space up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that was part of it. We we ended up really pushing into the edges of our schedule. And I think over time, we both really, through survival, I think, did create that space and got more efficient and 
you know, kind of, I gave more time to my assistant, you hired a new assistant. I mean, I think there was a lot of stuff that we learned along the way, but I think the planning process for any event is something where you want to actually block out the time ahead of time <laughs> versus saying, we've got this big idea, let's do it. And I think part of it was we were getting ready for a big conference last year. And so it was like, okay, we need to have this many podcast episodes. And then we need to have all the plans for the conference. And we got just enough so we could like slide into that conference and meet new people and start spreading the word. And then it, it kind of sat a little bit because there was time. And I think we recognize that planning an event this size, there's really not that much time. Like to really do it without, you know, running around like a chicken without its head, you got <laughs> you got to keep doing stuff little by little all the way through the year. And along with that goes a lot of, of promotion. This was a new idea. And I think that we really got a lot of really positive feedback, at least in person. And we're still going through the evaluations from all of our participants, but a lot of people were just energized. And mm -hmm. I've been to a, a number of conferences throughout my career where after the first day, after the second day, it, the the energy is just, it, it's brain drain where people yeah. are just like exhausted. And we, after the first day, had a mixer right afterwards where most of the participants came right over to the mixer and we're just still buzzing and we're excited to come into the second yeah. day. yeah. And even hearing from some of our final breakout speakers that the the energy was still there at the end of the conference, like people were still excited and inspired. And I think that really has to do with the, the people who came and spoke. It was amazing. To get to, to that energy also kind of starts with what your messaging needs to be from the very beginning. And Part of our not having time with things and things that I suggest to all of you and things that we're going to be doing differently this year is really kind of setting out a marketing plan from the beginning <laughs> rather than just being like, oh, we, we need to send something out like now. Yes, and, yes. And so that allows for some of the creativity to come in. We had a wonderful friend, Katie Reed from Katie Reed, Katie Wright, kind of inserted herself into our lives. And she was did. Like, She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she really is amazing. And really helped us to focus on what our message was because it, it really was getting a little bit kind of just like, hey, we're having a conference. Hey, we're having a conference. Hey, guys, we're having a conference. <laughs> and she made some suggestions to us that were like, Here, here's some ways to get what you're doing out there in a, in a better way, some, some way that reflects you a lot better. So yeah. really happy that, that she jumped onto the team and helped us out a lot in that messaging. But going into this year, it's now going to be having a little bit more of a plan because rather than needing to change midstream while you're also managing you know, things with your venue and things with your sponsor, your speakers and yeah. creating content for your presentations, if that's what you're doing, is that there's only so much time out of the day and creating a, a nice cohesive marketing plan from the beginning, it will pay tons of dividends for you. I think that's really important. And I think the other piece of that, what I was was recognizing, because I think there was some stuff. I mean, we did have some plans up front. We did we weren't going in just saying, hey, everybody, we got a conference. But I think as time went by, and this is something that's really important in any endeavor, is if you are really busy and it's grinding, like tons of work, tons of time spent doing stuff, creativity goes away. And I found that that was the biggest piece. I would look at something and I would look at Kurt and Kurt would look at me and would be like, is this funny? 
is this, is this eye catching or is this annoying? Like we, we lost perspective because we were so busy. And so I think for me, really being able to identify and delegate a lot of other tasks so that we can focus in on the part that's ours, I think it's going to be really exciting this year because that was, I mean, we were really, we started with an idea and it grew and we just kept doing all the things. And I think that's the piece that's really important is when you're growing a business or when you're kind of quote unquote, finding an alternative revenue stream, you you can't do all the things. You have to build the space and you have to delegate the stuff that you're not necessarily good at. Maybe you can't delegate it right away. I mean, we we certainly needed to to make sure that we, we were able to to keep going with what we needed to do. But but I think the more that you can delegate that stuff that is in my mind, a time suck, the the more you can open space for creativity and inspiration and for being kind of like a, a well-functioning human being. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the other piece. I found for myself that I I really started burning out, which is, as you know, one of the things that I don't like. And you so- burned yeah, out? Yeah, me, me burned out, what? And so I found that even just pulling back on some of the weekends or or spending time with friends who are not in the therapy world was really helpful but when I was in the mix of it, I think there were times when I just didn't feel like myself. And it, it's something where I'm definitely very aware of that and wanting to make sure that we delegate and set aside time this year because it is such an important event. We had so much fun. It was so rewarding. And we got to figure out how to do it better. Part of putting on an event the first time, and, and we've put on events of much smaller scale before, but part of putting an event the first time is putting your systems in place, not just marketing wise, but also yeah. for us, it was speaker applications and speaker review process yeah. and creating contracts for sponsors and just having all of these things that we needed to create out of thin air the first time that I don't think that you're we're going to run into as many issues and needing to come up with that stuff the second time around, but because they're already created. <laughs> right. Yeah. Making something from scratch is so much harder than revising something that didn't quite work. Yes. So really, and I, I think that this is going to segue into something that we weren't really prepared for and know even going in the second time that we, we need help in this, but knowing what you don't know, so that way you can get more experienced people to help yeah. you with it. Yeah. And I would say that this was a, a really big learning curve as far as for us learning how to negotiate with a hotel in putting on an event of this scale. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, no, that's just a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, this is something where we, we thought that there was things in the contracts that weren't, there was things in the contracts that we didn't think were in there. Yeah. And, and it ended up just creating a lot of expenses and needing to create a lot of adjustments on the fly that I think if we had an event planner at the beginning, that somebody who's used to negotiating with yes. hotels that this would not have happened. I think the big piece with that, and this is something that I was very conscious of the whole, the whole time, but not as, as, purposeful with it until more towards the end is that we were creating things on the fly, but I I made sure, you know, that our assistants were actually keeping those things and keeping track of them so we could use them again. Because sometimes they can fly off into the ether Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you don't consciously do that. And I think anytime you're starting something new, as you're creating each thing, 
create it as if you're going to do it again, because then you have a template, then you have a, a game plan, and it's so much easier the second time. But it can be like recreating the wheel if you don't actually create those things. And so I think having those templates and getting ourselves an event planner <laughs> from the very <laughs> beginning to handle everything. And we were joking about this with everybody at the conference. Like if you're putting on an event that's larger than, you know, even bigger than a single day, like get someone mm -hmm. to do this stuff for you. It is too much. <laughs> and it's stuff we don't know. And I think that's the part is that we we're hashtag modern therapists because we, we're do it yourselfers, but we're also hashtag modern therapists because we're willing to delegate when we when we figure out we've kind of gotten ourselves into a place that we don't quite know what we're doing. And part of putting things out there is we, we definitely could not have done this without all of our sponsors and exhibitors and mm -hmm. uh, such a huge help for, for everything. I guess one last final shout out for Simple <laughs> Practice, our, our platinum sponsor. But yeah, they were awesome. Being able to talk with sponsors before they set their budgets for the year. That yes. that is going to be such a huge thing in helping you put on a better event because there there were several people and several connections that we have here in the Los Angeles community who told us we love your message we love what you're trying to do you're four months too late in talking to us <laughs> about getting onto our budget cycle for this year yep so watch out sponsors we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, this is really where you can have a great idea. You can have the the numbers of people attending, but also looking at how other businesses need to plan around what their reach is going to be is, is really going to make both your event better and also help your sponsors feel like they're, they're part of the process and that they're able to make the best decisions for them as early on as possible. Yeah. And I think something that really was a, a boon to me coming into this is that I've, I've done a lot of work getting sponsors and I felt like with our message, that was something that I was really able to sell. And I think we've even had people talk to us and say like, how do you get sponsors? Like, what is, what is the way to do that? And I think it's, it goes back to networking and understanding what value you're bringing and, and leveraging relationships saying like, Hey, I know you want to get in front of this audience. I'm in front of this audience. Can we work together so that we all benefit? I think there was so much fun in putting that together because there's so many positive people in, in this space. There's people who are bringing new things to the world. There's people who are so passionate about supporting therapists. And so being able to talk to them and say, hey, I'm bringing therapists together. You want to join? You want to have fun? You want to come party with us? <laughs> and I think it's... It, that was, I felt really proud of that. I felt proud of how we took care of the sponsors. I felt proud of how we took care of the exhibitors. And I felt like for the most part, we were able to really keep it as relationship developing versus sales. Because I think mm -hmm. our sponsors, we, we chose them, our sponsors and exhibitors, we chose them because they weren't salesy, because they weren't trying to just market 24 seven. And so I felt really positive about that. And I want to continue with that, that we're going to be very, very, selective and who we bring into the fold, into the therapy movement. We're not going to bring people who are just going to be selling to therapists, but people who actually want to support therapists in the, the therapy movement. And in partnering with some of the sponsors and helping to get your message out, one of the things that we learned and are going to be implementing a little bit better this coming year is creating timelines for the sponsors to be able to release information for you. And I mean, especially if you're trying to cross promote and do things across different audiences that really having a cohesive marketing plan, going back to that idea that yeah. incorporates 
your partnerships and incorporates your sponsors is really going to help you not end up being like, hey, sponsor X, what are you doing with this thing? Can you send that out now? And they've got... (laughs) you know, 35 other things that are pertinent to their business that are going on at that time. So really keeping in mind all of the different pieces that are in place that can help you uh, get your message out cohesively. And I think it's something where it's also showing a a lot of respect and support and really working as therapists do to understand the people who you're working with. So whether it's sponsors or speakers or exhibitors, when we went to these folks and and really said, "Hey, we're we're developing relationships. We're not. We don't want. We don't just want you to sponsor. We want you to be a collaborative partner," and showing respect and understanding their audience and understanding the message that they're putting out and really giving latitude to to really express their joy at joining us in the way that worked for them, but also giving them guidance to be able to do so. I think for me, I have some amazing friends and colleagues who, who are in my mastermind group and they were really able to tell me like, Hey, you need to be more direct with, you know, don't just be, don't just say you could do this, this or this say, Hey, you know, here are the choices, not like, oh, it would be nice if you could send this out, but like actually getting very specific on these are the options that we think would be most beneficial and making it as easy as possible for speakers, sponsors, exhibitors to spread the word. It's really important because oftentimes we're, we're all so busy and so giving a specific, to use a sales word, word, call to action, you know, so that you can say, hey, you've joined the therapy movement. This is how you get the message out here's specific stuff you can cut and paste. <laughs> like even that stuff was, it was like, Oh yeah, of course it makes great sense, but it's, it's being able to be directive while still being respectful and, and collaborative with the people who have, have joined in. They want guidance. And, and I felt like, I, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to impose. I was such a therapist in that moment. Like, I don't right. want to impose. Like I would appreciate if whatever, but I think being able to, to find my voice as someone who could be a little bit more directive or, or clear in what I was putting forward was really important. Once we actually got to the conference, like for me getting up and doing the welcome on the first day and, and getting up on that stage was kind of an emotional moment of like, Oh, this the, choked up. It was I so did. <laughs> I mean, it was all this work that, that went in and then seeing everybody kind of eager and, yeah. and knowing that they were a part of something, but not, yet knowing what it was, was was really (laughs) exciting. (laughs) Like you've signed up. Now we'll tell you what you signed up for. That sounds a little (laughs) cult-like. My my other opening intro was going to be some sort of, well, now that I've got you all here, we're going to spend the next six hours talking about investment properties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was probably not the audience for that, but it, it was hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, but a couple things that we really learned is we really tried to pack a lot into two days and way too much <laughs> and trying to maximize our investment in, in the rooms. We, we tried to have some very quick turnarounds between presenters uh, that did not go as smoothly as I had hoped that it would. Uh, we were unreasonable in our expectations. We were really times. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, people like to take breaks. They like to take breaks. They want to hang out. They they want to move a little slower than you know, march marching in step for like 
yeah, people people need more than 30 minutes to fill out their evaluations, go get lunch, eat it, and then come back and be comfortable for the, for the next presentation. So think of it from your participants' point of view, too, is like, especially when there's a lot of learning going on, that they do need the breaks to help prevent some of that brain drain that some of us experience going to conferences. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel good that people didn't have the brain drain, that they were inspired. And I think it was something where... Yeah, there's part of it was also instructions. I think there was stuff that was in our head that we didn't completely explain as well as we could have. I think there was my idea for lunch was that they would go, they would hang out, then they would grab their lunch and come back in for the lunchtime talk. But everybody wanted to sit outside and eat lunch. And that was a way better idea. <laughs> so I think it's it's also really just kind of walking it through um and almost doing a run through, like, does this make sense? Because in truth, uh, yeah, those 15 minute time slots that, that for the shorter breaks, that was just, that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and some of the stuff that we try to accomplish, I've been a continuing education provider for several years at this point. I've served as a coordinator for a couple of other organizations on their CEOs. And one of the things that really was, was glaringly obvious at and it was way too late to change anything, was the CEU process that works for like 20 or 30 people does not work to scale when you're talking about a couple hundred people going yeah, to- total fail. <laughs> and, and we own that. And that was something yeah. that we, we got some feedback on and it's something that we're already looking at. How can we address this more modernly and to to make it more efficient for everybody going forward so that way they're not trying to- keep track of several scraps of paper and hopefully they make it home. But yeah. And for people who are at the conference, if you have a continuing education snafu, just contact us. We've got, <laughs> we've got ways to remedy much of what uh, didn't happen at the conference. But I think it's one of those things where not knowing what you don't know, we knew that we needed to have continuing education sort of cert certificates and that kind of stuff, but we weren't really, we didn't have the time or the space to, to investigate technology, which is what our choice would have been. But then, oh man, it was, it was just a total uh, cluster. It was, <laughs> it was, it was definitely, I think everybody rolled with it pretty well. I think it did not hopefully completely detract from, from people's experiences of the conference. And we got so much positive feedback. I have to imagine it didn't. But, but yeah, that was, I think, the biggest learning that we had, the biggest growth edge that we're going to have to, to get ourselves around is, is solving the continuing education process. <laughs> And then as, as far as the, the content goes, most of what I've seen through the evaluations from what people have been talking to us, people posting on social media, that they, they really enjoyed the short format. Uh, our thought bubbles were these short panels where each speaker had 15 minutes to talk and then question and answers went to the panels immediately afterwards. So it afforded a lot of opportunities to get just enough in depth on topics without potentially going into really long form sort of presentations. And I know a couple of the speakers talked to me about like 15 minutes is a really hard time to hit when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to present because you can talk really well for five minutes or you can get really in depth at like an hour but 15 minutes has to hit a sweet spot. And the speakers that I saw 
because I was running a conference and wasn't able to sit in on yeah, every I wasn't presentation able to sit in either. <laughs> but the speakers that I saw on these thought bubble panels did a, a really good job of getting their message to a certain point. It sparked conversation, which Katie and I love when people are joining in on the conversation mm -hmm. with us. And so it was really cool to see the questions that came out of the audience based on that kind of level of, of presentation. I really liked it. And I think we're still playing around with ideas for next year. So if you have any thoughts, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on our, our website, mtsgpodcast.com or therapyreimagined.com. But I, I'm playing around with an idea of, of extending that, not having longer talks, still having the 15-minute talks, but having more conversation around it. Because I think that gives us a little bit more kind of expansive space to really dig into these these topics a little bit more. So I don't know what exactly what we're going to do, but I, I really loved the 15-minute talks because it it kind of gave the service of showing people what they may not know. You know, it was, we were able to cover a lot of different things that aren't typically covered in kind of quote unquote mainstream conferences. And, and I think for me, just being able to really get some new voices out there, highlight and showcase some, some of the inspiring voices that are already out there and, and then have this opportunity to really dig in with some more questions and thought was exciting. But I think one of the pieces that I think was, and I think you mentioned this before, but what learning lesson is really making sure up front when we, when we put the call for speakers out, and I think we're going to do that in January. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And so when we do that, really having speakers provide more information up front so we can be really clear and we're not kind of bugging and pestering speakers at the end so that we get very clear on what, what the topic is, how it's going to be presented, because I think we had some speakers do an amazing job, but I think there's also speakers we had some surprises. And it was, mm -hmm. it was you know, something where, you know, having a little bit more knowledge up front of what we're dealing with would be, I think, important. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really felt like the, the, the depth of, of material in 15 minutes was pleasantly surprising. <laughs> and I think it really opened up some ideas of things that we want to do next year, some topics that we want to bring into breakout sessions or into the longer keynotes, because I think there's some stuff that uh, really has some important conversations that we need to deepen. When you're working with speakers, uh some of the stuff that really would help is that, and we're going to build more on this in our 2019 conference is in vetting out your speakers or in working with them from the beginning is have them outline what their experiential activities are going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more that you can work with your speakers earlier on, the more that they're going to be able and willing to adjust what they may be used to presenting or that what they thought about presenting. But Katie and I really went into this conference with a, a hope and an idea that there would be a lot more experiential stuff than other conferences. And I think that we accomplished that. And yeah. It was really reflective in some of the audience participations, even in some of the more serious talks of people yeah. who uh, really got into the conversations with their partners at, at, in their seats and some of the activities that speakers did. But Really, the more things that you can make concrete for everybody else and not to stay at kind of that 30,000 foot level of conceptualization yeah. earlier on allows for that presentation to be that much better. And one of the things that 
really went well for us is that we had really tried to get all of the speakers' presentations, any PowerPoints or anything like that, ahead of time. So that way we could run through that with our AV company. Who were amazing, by the way. That was awesome sauce. Such an amazing uh, professional group. If you need AV stuff like anywhere in like at least the Western United States, I know that they've gone Austin, they've gone to Missouri, like they're a great company that's willing to travel, reach out to us. We are more than happy to share uh, our experience with them. But I got a lot of compliments of like, there's no tech issues going on. And, <laughs> and a big part of that was really getting the information from the speakers and making sure that it worked with the AV company. So that way the professionals who deal with the tech stuff could deal with the tech stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, it was good, I think, for those of us who've been involved as speakers, like, you know, that were on the little team, as well as some of the speakers who provided feedback to us. But, um, but yeah, I actually, in college, I, I was a theater major, and I was a stage manager uh, for part of that. And, and I did some of that professionally. So we were able, you know, the AV guy and I were like talking through some of this stuff of how do we how do we really make sure everybody's hitting their marks? How do we <laughs> make sure that people know where they're supposed to be? And it, it just was a dream. So I actually kind of pictured the whole thing like a theater production. And this is where people need to hit their marks. This is what the volunteers or assistant stage managers needed to do. And so it really, looking at it as a production versus an educational event, I think was really helpful. And I think mm-hmm. the AV guys were amazing. So I think the the big piece, and I, I, I kind of, kind of circling back to one thing you said about the speakers, I think the biggest irony is that I think our presentation was the least practical <laughs> because we, we talked about big ideas. And so I think we, we our, our challenge for next year is our talk needs to be more practical and experiential next year. We had good conversation. It was amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think people got some ideas of what to do, but I think we need to get, we need to dig into the practical, my friend. <laughs> and for those of you who weren't able to attend, what Katie and I talked about kind of built on a couple of episodes that we had before, the burnout machine and addressing the burnout machine. And basically the whole podcast, like basically that's what we were talking about was the whole podcast. But we got into kind of the deeper ideas around therapist development and how, and we broke it down into kind of functional tasks that therapists must go through throughout their career versus emotional growth tasks. And we talked about really how there's kind of this mentality of trying to get through the functional tasks as quickly as possible while ignoring all the emotional tasks. And that leads to burnout. Yeah. We, we did record most of the sessions. Some of them uh, I'm assuming we're going to have up and available for purchase once we get that platform set up and on our website. But as with everything that we're learning, it's a new endeavor for us to be launching an online CE platform. So yes, we'll be talking about that as that comes up and we'll be sharing that on our social media and our mailing list when we get to that point. Yeah. And I think just to kind of wrap up a little bit, and this is for folks who are interested or who attended the conference this year, make sure you're on our mailing list. I guess the people on, that attended will will send them out an email no matter what, but but that's you can find it on uh, therapyreimagined.com forward slash conferences. If you scroll all the way down, there's a specific little sign up sheet to uh, get on the mailing list to hear more about the conference and that kind of stuff. Um, 
we're looking next year, we, we have tentative dates. So for folks who like the whole save date thing, we're looking at October 18th and 19th of 2019. And we're thinking we're going to do it in LA again. I think we've been throwing around some other ideas, but that's what we're looking at because we really want to build on the group of folks that we we started with this year. And it's I'm really excited. I'm also kind of like, oh, we're running another marathon and we just finished one. But I think we have plans to make this really doable. And I'm really excited to see kind of where this next one goes. I feel very creative and, and inspired by, by last weekend. And really, if we are going to be the conference that's different from the other conferences, one of the tasks that Katie and I have already started talking about is that we want to build on what we just did, that we don't yeah. want this to be the same message, the same speakers. Some of them are going to overlap, but for sure. Uh, but we want to show growth over the course of this year. And a huge part of that is the feedback from you, our listeners, the feedback from the people who attended and issues that we run into as professionals. So please give us our feedback. Join us in our Facebook groups, the Modern Therapist Survival Guide group. We want to hear from you because we want to be modern therapists who are responding to modern therapists. And the best way that we can do that is to have other people help us see what we're not seeing. So let us know and join us. And, and that I, I can't reiterate that emphatically enough. I think have the conversations with us. We are open to difficult conversations saying, hey, you missed that missed you, hey, you missed this, guys. Hey, this is something that you guys need to do, or this really sucked, or you know what? That was amazing. And of course I like the last one the best. Of course right. I do. But we're open to hearing any feedback and, and people at the conference can can let you know that we've we had some difficult conversations at the conference. We we had somebody who sent us an email in the midst of a presentation that had a, a criticism for us. And by the end of the presentation, I went over to this participant and I said, hey, are you so-and-so? And the response was, you guys are responsive. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know what we're doing well, but we really want to know if we're, if we're missing the boat because this is something where we're in this. We're not saying we're experts in this stuff. We're doing this because we feel called to do it. This is a movement of all of us. So everyone needs to have a voice. And we're really asking you to tell us what you want to tell us. Use your voice. Join the movement. Join the movement. Be the movement. We are and, the movement. And this, is, <laughs> and this is really where Katie and I, you know, so much of what we preach is be authentic. This is us saying we don't know it all. but help us get there. So until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Renoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.